Welcome to Burning Daylight, the only podcast for the working cowboy. Well, howdy there, Daylight Burners. Hope you all had a good weekend. Here live on a Sunday afternoon with uh, Mr. John O'Day. We had uh, had a little trouble getting him on video, but we got him on the phone uh, coming uh, coming to you from Western Nebraska. Is that correct? Yeah, southwest corner. Okay, here at Indianola. Okay, so you're not too far from like uh, McCook in. Uh... Yeah, I'm ten ten miles east of McCook. I'm fifteen miles off there, twenty miles off the Kansas border where I'm sitting right now, and about seventy miles off the Colorado border. Okay, so. how's uh how's the moisture situation up that way? Terrible. Really? It's uh. Yeah, we're. We're in extreme drought. We've been in either extreme or exceptional drought for the last 14 months. And we had, uh, like Thursday, Friday, they had us in an 80 to 90% chance of an inch of rain for Tuesday. And they backed it off to a 30% chance of showers. Oh, it's, uh, it's been a wet winter here. So, I mean, it's hard to complain, but, um, I know my dad's down in, uh, Southeast Colorado, down in the very corner and, <clears throat> it's just miserable dry there. I got some some listeners and and buddies in the and both of the panhandles, Texas and Oklahoma, and it's yeah, it's rough. Yeah. Um, we had record breaking snow. I'm out in western Nevada, and we had uh, we we were over went over the hill to California here the other day, and it was uh, so much. I I've never seen so much snow in my life up there on top. So. It, but we'd been really dry up till this winter, so it it was it was a long time coming. But I hope I uh, hope some other folks get get some moisture. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I wanted to talk to you. Um, I've been kind of following your beef business. You call it beef bootlegging, and uh, you got a, a good sense of humor, and uh, and I really enjoy watching your like your boys uh, branch out and do things. I mean, it's never met you in person, but it, it's like you're uh, I always like seeing what you're posting on Facebook and there's not not a ton of people that I really enjoy following, but you guys have just been hustling and uh when I when I had you on, you know, here has been a couple of years ago now. Uh you were just getting ready to kind of expand your 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 uh your boxed beef uh and now you guys are like you guys are really trucking along with that, aren't you? Oh yeah, we're doing about two hundred beef a year right now. Yeah, I, that's that's awesome. That that's really really great. And like, how how far out are you on uh, on customers? Is there like a wait list or anything? Oh yeah, it's not near what it was. At one time, we were carrying over a hundred customers on the big board on the waiting list, and, and we've got them we've got them closer to the knife now. I think I've got eighty some customers on the list, but um they'll all get taken care of them for the most part. Yeah. Other than 80 some, there'll, there'll be 70 of them. A lot of them are booking them up under, in advance, but then we have customers that uh, they book 
six eight months to a year out. I mean, I delivered a beef yesterday, and and uh, and the people are people said put us down for the same week a year from now. So that's what we did. But you're gonna hear some balling and everything. The feed truck just pulled in, and Jake's feeding a bunch of pears here to, at the headquarters. So I'm sitting. I'm sitting out on the porch, so you'll be you'll be hearing feed truck rattling, hearing some cows balling in the background. So that's all right. I love to hear it. I uh, my some of my very first uh, episodes were all on horseback while while I was riding pins. So they uh, long time listeners will be used to it. I uh, <clears throat> I've uh, I, I've just been really kind of kind of blown away with how you guys you, you're uh, you're definitely a have a lot of different thoughts than than kind of what your your industry standard is. I mean, there's not. I guess there's not so much a. I mean, there's not many like industry standards because the industry is so diverse, depending on the the area. But you're you're just kind of you're you're like the wild card in the bunch, and and it seems like you're always just finding a way to, I guess, make shit work. You know. Yeah. Well, and that's. We laugh about everybody in our place. We laugh about being kind of men without a country. I mean, we wear, we wear bib overalls and and run cows. We don't have a horse on the place. We don't. Uh, we raise hay instead of raising grain. And I mean, we're uh, we kind of hate everybody. I guess you could say. I mean, but we we just we just go to battle and and. Uh, you know, I've. It's kind of fun because I'll have people that sell six beef a year that haven't been following me for very long, and they'll they'll want to get on the social media and and coach me up, you know. And, oh yeah. And there's always the guy that's got forty cows and wants to coach up, you know. And and uh, I mean, it's uh, you kind of you kind of got to have a chip on your shoulder, I guess to to survive and make this deal work is because there's there's no uh there's no shortage of authorities that are out there that'll you know they don't do you any good but they destroy your your confidence in yourself if you let them you know yeah there there's just a lot of a lot of noise on on social media and uh, i don't know like there's yeah they're just uh i don't know there's a lot of noise well, yeah, yeah, and I mean, and there's, and a lot of times there's no bigger doubters than your neighbors, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, yeah, I, you know, you kind of got to have balls enough to call some people on the carpet, you know, once in a while. We've got we've got a handful of really good longtime friends and neighbors and landlords that we work with, and. Everybody else can kind of go hanging their ass for the most part. I mean, we know <laughs> we 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 know we know who loves us and who don't, and and, and so we plan accordingly. But uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a wild ride around here at times. I mean, between the well, like this afternoon, we had a little break in the action, and so Jake was rehabbing a, an apartment building, and I mean, there's you know, kind of stuff like that going on. We've got, uh, honestly, a, per- a pretty high percentage of our of our business, our revenue, comes from hobby people and blue-collar people, you know. Um, 
And we kind of got a, it's kind of funny because for the most part, they're kind of sick of farmers and ranchers shit. Yeah. Yeah, you know, people don't realize the the guys that are true producers, the guys that are working and, and feeding their families and doing their thing, man, they are loved. They are really, really loved by the public. Mm-hmm. But, but the big-time operators, the guys that are, uh, you know, doing the TikTok videos and their great big shiny combines and and big tractors and bragging about having a million dollars worth of equipment and shit like that, those people are despised, you know. The guys that the guys that are showing their great big deals, you know, that that kind of think they're being hero worshipped. There's a lot of people that despise them. You know, yeah. they don't. They work for most of my customers work for rich people all day. Yeah, they treat them like shit. And so, are they going to go give more money to those same assholes at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. Or are they going to, or are they going to spend their money with a guy? I mean, and I tell people, hell, I ain't doing this for fun. I mean, we've got to make a living out of it or we're done or we're going to quit, you know, plain yeah. and simple. And I mean, we, we run welders and we have worked in the oil fields, all of us and, and done mean, nasty shit and road pens. And we still put up little square bales of hay and, and sell to hobby farmers and, you know, and goat farmers and, and, you know, people, uh, that resonates with people, you know? Yeah. And, and so that's, uh, that's kind of, kind of what we're about, you know? So, well, you know, my, my dad's kind of facing this kind of, kind of deal too, where he's, uh, he's really involved with this water fight with all these, and it's particularly with the big operator type farmers. And it seems to be that their, their mentality is just like, well, we got to get the water or somebody else will get it. And like, nobody is thinking like, well, what happens when the, the water is just sucked dry (laughs) at some, at some point, you know, when they're drilling 400 feet to, to hit water nowadays, when you used to be able to, to drill 60, it's, uh, I mean, it, it, and then, they're, then they keep just plowing up, too, and you're just like, that, do you not remember the, the old days when that shit turned, turned into the Dust Bowl? It seems like we're headed well, back that direction, you know? That, uh, that country, we're in good shape here in Nebraska. We're kind of regulated on everything pretty hard. But you know there there won't be in another twenty five years there might not be any agri- animal agriculture down there in the Texas Panhandle, Oklahoma Panhandle, and Southwest Kansas. Yeah, yeah. You throw I mean, they Southeast are, Colorado in they, there too, and it's uh, yeah, Southeast Colorado. They are they are annihilating that water table so fast. I mean, there's <laughs> everybody in Nebraska that can that's got a place where they can build a pen is building a pen in big feed yards, expanding, building new yards. And their feed yard set and abandoned in, in uh, southwest Kansas. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's... Just, you know, they... It's grazing land. It always has been. And, uh, like, as soon as... I mean, I know they wanted to settle it, but it uh, you kind of got to face this, the the music at some point that, like, a lot of that place just wasn't meant to be settled. It was meant to be grazed. Yeah. 
And, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and uh, I mean, it, it's it's a shame, but like they keep holding on, and then I mean, when you're trying to, I mean, you're just yeah, like you said, just sucking that water table dry, and and the hell of it is, they uh, they they get around all these rules because they get all the like the big operators and the the sprinkler uh, you know dealers and whatnot on the water boards, and uh, and they just kind of just like rubber stamp all the uh the new well permits and <clears throat> that nobody ever tests to see if there's unallocated water. Yeah. And uh I don't know. It's uh it seems like maybe there's some progress being made, but boy, yeah, my my dad's not like people love him or they hate him cuz uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people that are not a big fan of him cuz if they have to stop pumping water, the the size of their operation shrinks pretty dramatically. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's what we've uh, we've seen a lot of with the water fights we've had with Kansas and everything. We've seen a lot of a lot of really good land idle. It was mismanaged up here. They they put in programs. We're in an area where where there's really really good ground. Mm-hmm. And you know we can raise pretty good dry land crops seven years out of ten here. Yeah. You know and. And they uh, they put in some programs that totally eliminated production on some of these farms. Instead of just buying out, you know, instead of buying out the water rights for a set number of years, let the water table catch up and do some things like that, and having guys farm a dry land or graze it, they said, "Oh no, we're gonna we're gonna have you plant it to grass and let it grow up to uh, habitat, and we're not gonna let nothing in there and." So, I mean, it turned into fizzle patches, and they don't do anything for the local economy. Yeah. You know, there's no, I mean, a, a landowner getting 150 or $200 an acre is great for the landowner, but that doesn't do anything for all the sporting businesses that used to used to rely on that ground. Yeah. You know, to, you know it, doesn't, it doesn't generate any wages. It doesn't generate anything, doesn't. And so it's a, it's a, it's a piss poor it's a piss poor cure for a flawed system, you know, is what they did. Well, and we saw that with the CRP stuff around uh around us is like you know, yeah, like you said, it just sits idle. Um you know, there's there's plots of grounds that my my entire life it's just always been in CRP and every now and then they'll let you emergency graze it, but when they don't, I mean that's I mean it's a tinder box when when you get a fire like that that CRP is where it always jumps the highway or something, and yeah, <laughs> just exactly. so much so much fuel there and and yeah they say it just it's unproductive it's nothing nothing but uh you know whatever the local wildlife is uh, hangs out in there and a lot of times not even that because there's there's no water established. Yeah, and it's too dense. It, it gets. It gets too dense in some of them deals to where the the birds can't even get through it. Yep. Yeah, it's uh you know. Yeah, I mean it's it's like any government program, you know, good intentions, uh and then but like unintended consequences later on down the line and it just yeah, it never works out like it ought to, it seems like. But um right. Yeah, I I I, I wouldn't what's your thoughts on um 
you know, with with these with the guys that don't don't feed out their their beef and market their their finished product like you you guys do. I, I know you guys uh, probably take quite a few to the sales still or whatnot or market them on the hoof, but um, I mean the these it's, it's kind of no no real secret that the you know the big four they 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 control the market, but capitalism finds a way somehow and i'm wondering like there's guys like you and it seems to be like it i mean if you look back through history like where where this uh this plant in um north platte where it started out as producer owned and then all of a sudden walmart's involved and then all of a sudden it's starting to look like it's uh another offshoot of uh of one of the big four you know and and it's either a competitor to them or but it's gonna it seems like it's gonna head down that same road Um, you know, what we do, and this is going to sound really arrogant, but it's a fact, what we do with marketing our own beef, there's damn few people in the cow-calf business that have the brains or the desire to do it or the ambition. Mm. I mean, it's not, it's not easy and I've paid a lot of tuition to learn to do it. Mm -hmm. And I, and I've had a probably a dozen guys that have started and quit already on this in the last few years. Mm. I, I mean, there's guys out there that sell a few beef and they call me about pricing. How should they price their beef? And that, that, that pisses me off to no end. There's a lot of people in the tr- that are selling butcher beef that have no idea how many pounds, how many actual pounds of beef a carcass yields. Yeah. There's people that are selling that are selling beef that have no idea how to finish one for a butcher beef. Mm-hmm. They either get them, they either get them too fat or they don't get them fat enough or they don't feed them enough days. You know, mm. there's there's a lot there's a lot more to it, but they, you know, there's there's a thousand things that go into it, and and most of these guys that try it don't 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 have the the knowledge haven't done the shitty work where you gain the knowledge mm. you know you know i i'm the i'm the only guy i know of that sells butcher beef that pulls calves and has worked a boning table yeah yeah it's and uh, does cater. <clears throat> it's you uh know, you know i it, it you kind of You've got to have put yourself in every segment of the deal and then made made mental notes of of what it what it takes to do it, you know, to mm. change things accordingly. Well and, and that's when you look at these big outfits too, like the like the big companies, I mean they didn't get there by accident either, you know, like most uh you look at like the old days, Swift and uh, Armor and Morris. They all were were either cattle buyers or butchers to start out with, and uh, yeah. <coughs> and I mean, like it, it doesn't happen by accident. They they made it a lot easier for themselves by getting in the the you know buying off politicians and whatnot. But I mean, there's uh, like like there's. There's a lot of different ways to get around it, but it's uh, it's not going to entail of bitching about prices and then doing the exact same thing that you always do to market your cattle. Right, right, and I mean, and there's I've given up on a lot of groups mm-hmm. 
because I uh, I used to get chastised. I'm a firm believer that every calf should be sold weaned and preconditioned. Yeah. Everybody everybody pisses their pants over boy chasing this carcass trade or doing this or doing that. And there is more money cost the feeding segment because cattle are misrepresented or are not. If, if cattle were weaned and represented correctly leaving the ranch, for one thing, people would have a lot more respect on the ranching side of it for what it takes to mm-hmm. wean a set of calves and get them straightened out. And they'd realize their cattle aren't as bulletproof leaving the ranch as what they think. Yeah. And it would increase the margins for these cattle feeding entities and it'd make them compete more for the cattle. Yeah. And you could deliver, you could, you could develop some relationships. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and a lot of people, everybody says, Oh, they don't pay any more for a, for a weaned calf than what they do for a, for non-weaned calf. Well, that's, that's total bullshit. Mm. They might not, the same five weight calf might bring the same money at the sale barn if he's weaned or he's unweaned. But the unweaned five weight calf has shrunk eight or nine percent that day. Yeah. And the weaned calf has shrunk too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of those things that they don't. The average the average guy doesn't see doesn't realize, but that's that's why you might, you know, the weight condition factors and things like that that change by the hour. <laughs> well, and and you're you're so right on the, like it's a whole lot of a difference if you know that they're coming in unweaned, they're coming in balling. That's. Uh, you know, you you plan accordingly, but when they're 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 marketed as wean cattle and they come in balling and, and pacing, I mean, it takes a yeah. lot of a lot of extra work to get them to settle down and and go to the bunk and <clears throat> and you know, and then it, the the intake is just nothing for the first like week. Yeah, yeah, and we uh, we won't for our heifer program for our bred heifer program we will not will not buy an unweaned heifer calf. Yeah. We've got, I should, I'm going to take that back. We've got one ranch that, that their cattle are nearly bulletproof, that we bought them weaned and bought them unweaned both. Mm. And their management is such a, their management is so good that we'll continue to buy those calves, those heifers. Oh, okay. Re- regardless. But there's, there's, there's plenty of these clowns around that, like I say, they, they think their cattle are a hell of a lot better than what they actually are. Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's a problem. Yeah. It's, uh, it's one thing, like we had a, we had a local guy here. He always, he always feeds a, like a couple of butcher beef out with us. Um, we don't, we don't finish a lot of cattle here, but mostly background, but he, he typically will, <laughs> will send his, his weaned calves in. And, and he saw the difference when he, when they came in, like, um, one year they were done properly weaned, um, you know, vaccinated, sat sat for two weeks before they <laughs> they came in, and they, I mean, just performed like a dream. And then, uh, and I forget what exactly how he put it to me, but he they ended up uh, giving them a shot, sticking them on a truck, and then and uh, <laughs> they were weaned, but they they just 
that they fell apart <laughs> and we we had a we didn't lose many but man they we had we just we played hell trying to get him to eat and uh and he kind of learned his lesson though he's like man that's uh it makes a big difference when they're settled and they're you know they're already over the sweats and and everything from <coughs> from those vaccines it's uh it makes a big difference of getting them started on feed and just like getting a good good foundation on them to finish out yeah yeah well and, and to me that all needs to that all needs to take place at the home ranch yeah you know and and like i say there's everybody will have a million excuses but the biggest excuse is they can't they don't want to do no chores mm. <laughs> you know yeah it's oh well we we don't have feed we can't well you don't need feed all you need is a pasture and, and cake yeah you know a pasture and a good fence, and you can you can cross the fence between your kids. You can do a lot of things. Yeah, but you know the fact the fact remains most people most people don't want to do no chores. Hell, I've got I've got ranchers. I've got eight and nine hundred head of cows. Yeah, but they'll send me half a dozen. They'll send me half a dozen beef a year to finish for them. Huh? Because they they don't want to have to deal with. They don't want to have to deal with doing chores. They don't want to have to deal with making a trip to the locker with their beef. Yeah. And so I take their beef along and take them to the locker. and It pays me about the same as if I was selling them a beef. So, I mean. Hard to beat and, that. And I mean that. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of those deals, like I said, to make me shake my head. And, and I've kind of, I've lost, <laughs> I've lost a lot of faith and a lot of, the, you know, I look at things a lot different because I've been on the other side of, of agriculture and, you know, what we think is working hard really isn't yeah. <laughs> compared to what a lot of people, what a lot of people do in this country. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of people busting their ass at shitty jobs, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, you know, there's, uh, there's plenty there are plenty of guys that are out there in the weather doing things, and you know. Yeah. I'll guarantee. I guarantee you, I've never had a blizzard in the winter time where I wished that I was back in the oil field on that same day. Yeah. And I've I've never had a day in the hay field in the summertime that I wished I was back on a pulling unit tripping rods. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, I mean, there's there there's there's plenty of you know. We kind of got to put, we got to let Paul Harvey die with the God made a farmer deal and kind of realize, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough old way of life at times, but there's a lot of tough old ways of life. <laughs> there's a lot tougher. I, uh, it, it, yeah. it, it, it kind of amazes me. Like, you know, they, you'll get guys like really up in arms over the, the immigration stuff. And I think justifiably so, but they'll, uh, like you, you know, where I was at in Kansas before I moved out here, there's a lot of huge dairies. And <laughs> I tell you what, they'll bitch about stuff being in Spanish and, and all these little, you know, and, and just, you know, kind of general, just like, ah, there's a lot of, just, you know, it's, they kind of live in the, you know, the Mexican folks live in the, you know, the, the crappier part of town, whatever, and they'll bitch, but I don't see any of the white boys going to, going to apply out at the dairy to milk, you know. Right. And right, exactly. I, I mean the yeah, they they ain't taking our jobs, they're taking the jobs that uh, we don't want. Yeah. Jobs we ain't tough enough to do. Jobs yeah. our grandfathers did, but 
we're too much too much a bunch of pussies to do. Right. And also they we've we've allowed a like the concentration into these big giant conglomerates that uh they don't pay you any cuz they don't have to. You know, there's no they know they can import a bunch of Mexicans and uh <laughs> and they can they can pay them a lot cheaper than they can pay us. And uh Yeah. And it's, but but at the same time, I think people would be shocked what them guys are making. I think so too. Yeah, and also a lot of it comes I mean, down to it's just shitty work. There's a lot of guys that work these them big packing houses that are making fifty five, sixty thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You 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 know where you know where you never see a Mexican working? Hmm. Convenience store. Yep. Because they don't pay shit. Yep. Yeah, that's true. You, that Mexican, he don't give a damn what the work is. He wants paid for it. Yep. He'll work. He'll work a shitty job, and he'll be there every day to do it. Yep. If he's gonna make, if he's gonna make money. Right. Well, and that's you know? that's kind of like when you look back at like when Chicago blew up in the, you know, after uh, the Civil War. I mean, all just waves and waves and waves of immigrant, just poor as dirt immigrants, and uh, they went to the shittiest jobs on earth, but it paid and. Uh, it was, yep. <clears throat> I don't know, it's, uh, there, there is something to be said, like, people just don't do, they don't do shitty jobs anymore, they don't have to, and I, I think that may change, I don't know, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty yeah, pampered yeah. life we live, even, even if it is, agriculture is kind of, kind of a tough go at times, but, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, biggest, biggest, biggest problem with agriculture, we got too many guys in the sun business. Yeah. yeah. You know, they were. They're a rich man's son or rich man's grandson, and that's that's all they've had to be to be successful. Yeah, you yeah. know, and I'm not I'm not begrudging them. I'm glad somebody somebody made the sacrifice, made the game work, you know, and they got their opportunity. But but let's let's be honest about it. They weren't. I mean, more than once I've had one of them guys was in the sun business complaining about how tough she was to make a living. And this was years ago when I was in the oil field. And I said, "Well, I can pick you up in the morning." Yeah. And and at that time, minimum wage was seven bucks. And I said, "I can have, I'll pick you up in the morning. The job pays fourteen dollars an hour." Yeah. Well, I ain't I ain't that hungry. No, you're not, because you know Grandpa's going to take care of you. Yep. You, you can piss him all you want to, but you know Grandpa's going to take care of you at the end of the day. So. Yeah. And so that's uh, that's just the way it is, you know. And I always, I laugh about it because people talk about, boy, your sons sure have a good work ethic. Hell, they never had an opportunity to do anything else. Yeah. yeah. You know, That's... hell, they don't, you don't, you don't get tough on the couch. You know, we was always broke, so they had to go out and and do shit, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's true. I mean, that was kind of the... That's how I got my work ethic. It's not because I wanted to be a good worker. It's just I didn't. <laughs> I didn't have a. I didn't have a damn choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I didn't. I didn't want to be the guy that was up. Uh, you know, up early and and uh, you know work till the sun was down. I, not not exactly what I wanted, but I didn't have a choice. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why I always said building fence and stacking hay and a lot of them jobs. You know, if you get to where you're really good at it. Hmm. You've had to you've had to do too damn much of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I uh, I saw you know? I saw a video on on Instagram today. There was this he was a he was an older guy, probably sixties or seventies, 
and he was uh, he was ranting about the the whole transgender thing. And his rant, I got to say, was pretty spot on. I didn't disagree with it. But he was he was in a pair of uh, shotgun shaps, um, shirtless, with a pitchfork and throwing loose hay onto this flatbed trailer. <laughs> and I was like, anybody that's had to pitch hay for any length of time knows the first thing that always stays on is is your your shirt. Like you can have you can have short sleeves, but you got to have a shirt on or you're just, you're, you're going to yeah. be beat red after about five minutes. And I was like, this, what the hell is this guy doing? <laughs> you know, I was like, this, yeah, this we, is just a show. We, we hand stack about 10,000 little square bales a year. Yeah. Stack them on trailers and then stack them in barns or deliver them, you know. And uh, we get, we get some high school kids and some young kids. We get a lot of kids one time. Mm-hmm. You know, and hell, I'm old and fat and out of shape, and, and uh, them kids will be trying to throw bales on and everything. And Jake always giggles because on them on them big trailers, he'll save the last row for me. Yeah. And and I said, yeah, I said I can't, I can't sit in there and keep up with Jake or one or our better guys for a whole trailer. But I can throw them last thirty on that top row. Yeah, easier than easier than anybody else can, you know, because <laughs> I've done because I've done too damn much of it. Yeah, I know, <laughs> you know, I know where you got to grab and how you got to throw them, and you know. Yeah, it's, it's the, a lot of technique, but it doesn't help if you're doesn't hurt if you're a big burly fella too. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. My old man, my dad was. Uh, Oh, it was about the same build as Jake, about six foot and 180 pounds in his prime. And uh, he had kids working for him different times stacking. And, of course, he could throw bales all day long mm-hmm. into a straight truck into a, with four, three and a half or four foot sides on it. Okay. That, that was the way that, they, would, they would throw throw bales into straight trucks a lot of times mm-hmm. and uh, now you'd have to have somebody in the truck stack and you have a guy here going above the sides of course he would be stacking bales to the front yeah then when you got to the back you'd have to do a little manipulating to get the the last of the bales on at the back but but anyhow that was like i said that was common practice yeah i used to laugh as a little kid watching them i mean he had big old style football players in the prime of their life out there and hell he'd be Throwing bales all day long, you know. Yeah, and he was he was in his fifties at that time, you know. Yeah, but, my yeah. my uh, grandpa McKinley, he uh, during the uh, the depression, he went out to Western Colorado to pick pick peaches, and there was a bunch of uh, Mexican workers out there too, and boy, he could not stand them because he was a big, tall, strapping dude, and he couldn't keep up with the Mexican guys picking peaches, and it pissed him off to no end. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, those little bastards are way faster than I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I, uh, looks like Michelle's about ready to ring the dinner bell, so I'm going to let you go here if you got enough to oh, yeah. put together. So No, I enjoyed the chat, John. I, uh, I'll have you back on again someday, and uh, I appreciate the, uh, you taking the time. So uh, have a good one. All right. Take care. Thank you. You bet. We'll see you. Bye. Bye. Um, I, I would recommend, uh, 
I'm following John on Facebook. I don't think he does anything but Facebook, but uh, just John O'Day, and uh, he's uh, he's a pretty interesting character, um, doing a lot of a lot of kind of innovative stuff, and uh, like you said, just doing a lot of a lot of shitty work to pay the bills. And um, but it seems like they got a pretty cool, unique operation going, and uh, it, it's uh, it's pretty neat to to watch. He he explains things in a in a a lot different way than some other folks and I don't know. I enjoy following him and it seems like uh he might be a little tough to get along with for some people, but I, I don't know. He seems like a pretty alright guy. So um anyway, go follow him. Uh, thanks for tuning in and uh yeah if you'd like to watch this uh listen to this ad free um head over to patreon.com slash burning daylight and uh you get some bonus content there as well. And uh yeah Have a good week and move your ass. We're burning daylight. You rise up in the morning beneath the stars so bright. Pull your hat down, make sure your cinch is tight. Horse is kind of snuffy, cold chill up your spine. You'll get your ass moving somewhere, burning daylight. Mm-hmm.